Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? The quality of the people who listen to what God's given them and then share it with us because we don't know how. <laughs> we, um, we come into this place and we worship God with our with our hearts and our minds and it comes out of our mouths and sometimes I think that um, I should keep my mouth shut because what I'm hearing coming out is not all that good <laughs> but there's other times when I, when I truly hear God I hear his voice the timber in it, the strength in it the power in it that comes out of me and it, it reminds me so clearly of where I've placed him in my life, of where he sits in my understanding. And this morning we come and we honour him in all of us, in everything we do. lest we forget. They shall grow not old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor their years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. Deuteronomy 6.12 says, Beware lest you forget the Lord. You bought out of the land, who bought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oaths in his name. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are all around you. Lest we forget. Tomorrow's Anzac Day. Um... I never had the privilege to serve my country except that every day when I get up and I serve my God and I honour my God, I'm serving my country because it's his. It's his country. I, I thoroughly appreciate the sacrifice that the men and women of our nation have given. Thank you and thank you. And any of the others of you who are here who've sacrificed in the name of king and country, I thank you. You know, I, I remember when I was in... I was only a little bit, year 11, I think, would have been year 10. We did a, um, a play at school and it was about Anzac, except that it wasn't. It was about the old bloke sitting in the nursing home and, and the, the hairdresser comes round once a month and because it's your turn to get your hair cut, not because it needed cutting, it was just your turn, they decided they were going to cut his hair and talk to him about the things that they had no idea what they were talking about as hairdressers do. 
you notice hairdressers are really good? I think hairdressers went to counselling school because they really know how to touch the buttons that just make us talk because then they don't have to. Because while we're talking, we're talking about us. And when we share us, that's a, that's a happy place. Even the sad times, when we see, you know when we talk about things that really affect us inside, it's really hard to stop talking when we're talking about us because we know so much about it. We know about us. And it can be I'm the best or I'm the worst or I'm somewhere in between. But we don't stop talking once the right button's been pushed. And I would encourage each and every one of you this morning that when you give an opportunity to talk about you, remember God lives within. And he won't be silent because he speaks to you all the time. He speaks to me all the time. He challenges me with what it is that I've got to give, where it is that I want to take that gift that he's given me. Father, I thank you this morning that the gift that you've given me will be shared here today. That the hearts and minds of every man, woman and child in this place will be touched by you, not by me. Lord, that you will reach inside every one of them and touch that part of them that's crying out to be healed, that's crying out for the pain to be taken away. Lord, this morning, touch every mind, touch every heart, touch every spirit, lest we forget. Thank you, Jesus. Now, this is um, this time of year for me, Anzac Day for me is a challenge. You know, as I was just sharing there a moment ago about the the play, they had a they had a young man picked out to be the old bloke. In this, in this particular play and I remember, I remember thinking that the old bloke didn't sound like this very squeaky young man that they'd chosen to be and so I said, um, which was very unlike me, I just sort of butt in, you know I don't do that so <laughs> that's the prophetic coming out. Um, so I just barged on in and said, that's not how he sounds. And I'd only read the, I'd read the play once. And I gave him every word, every syllable. And you know, it sounded like that old man that we've all met who sits on the corner and wants to tell you about his life. He was gruff. And he was energetic in the use of his words. And as a year 10 or 11, it was quite different because what came out of me wasn't me. And something that I learnt from that was when you really open yourself up, what comes out of you is not the you that you thought it was. When you open the door within, what comes out He's not the you that you thought it was going to be. And sometimes we think, oh yes, there's this peaceful little man that lives here and even that description that a lot of people around this place 
Um, a lot of people have started calling me Papa Trev. And I don't mind. I, I think it's a great, a great thing. I, I accept it with honesty and with openness. But don't let it become any more than Papa Trev. Because I'm not the man you see. You see, I'm the man that God created. And even in that, I can become a monster or a mongrel if I don't think about it, if I don't watch where I'm going, if I don't become the man he wants me to be, I can stumble, I can fall into old traps. So this needs to stay alert, but this needs to stay soft so God can guide me and direct me. I don't know why I do this. Why do I bother wasting bits of paper, really, with, with words on it, you know? Bits of paper, there's, there's four sheets of paper here. Every time I get up here, I bring four sheets of paper and I'll never read anything off it. It's ridiculous. It's, <laughs> well, we could say that. I wrote on the back this morning when we were, when we were praying here that um, Ben was praying and he said he just wants to hang out with God. Just wants to hang out because God wants to have fun with us today. He wants to bring joy into our lives. He wants to bring a resemblance of what we've, all that excitement that we've had. He wants to remind us of all of that and remind us where he was in that enjoyment so that we can have fun. So we're just going to hang out today. And just hanging out's not easy for me. I'm older than that, Okay wasn't quite what I used to do, the hanging out things. I had a wonderful time sharing with, with Lyndon this morning about some of the things I used to hang out at. Uh, we won't recite any of those. Uh, we'll just keep those to ourselves. Good one. Good one. <laughs> Good one. You know, we're, we're in a place of acceptance right now. God accepts you and me thankfully, for who I am. And you're accepted for who you are. He didn't accept you for who you're going to be. 18 years ago, he didn't say to me, you're going to be this so I can accept you into the family. He said, I take you as you are. Right here, right now. This very instant, not in 10 minutes' time, when you've had time to think about it, not in half an hour, three weeks or 17 years. I accept you as you are. Hanging out. I got a message from the pastor through the week. I had two messages this week from the pastor and I had one this morning. And they all say the same thing. Preach up a storm. And I'm thinking, now, storms can look like fluffy clouds and a bit of rain, or they can look like a thunderous explosion and high winds. And let me tell you, I've been living on my own now for it's a while. She's been gone a little while, a week and a bit. 
and thunderous winds at my place are a... Because baked beans every day doesn't do it, I tell you. <laughs> You're not recording this, are you? No, that's all right, that's okay. <laughs> you know, the thing is that we come into this place this morning and I read the ode to our soldiers. But, you know, I saw where they got it from. They got it out of the book. It came from here. It came from my word of knowledge that lives in here. It came out of the, the knowing that my God is in control. It came out of the understanding that he is for me and not against me. It came out of the understanding that the men and women of our country who've gone to battle or have even put on the uniform and never gone to battle but their heart says if I'm called on I'm going. If I'm in that place then I know that God's got to be in control because I cannot do this on my own. I've spent a lot of time with men and women who've served our country and every one of them is humble because they did it for king and country or queen and country. But they did it for you and I. It wasn't so they could get a badge on their chest and say, I was here because unfortunately we've all met them those that think they're only in it to get a badge on their chest and say, I was there. And a lot of them didn't come back because their hearts weren't in the right place and their heads weren't in the right place. You know, I, I wrote down here that in that scripture in Deuteronomy, it says, don't follow other gods. And yet... Last night and Friday night, I sat in front of my TV and I watched real football. I watched a couple of games of football and then tomorrow... Tomorrow I'll probably watch another one. I'd probably doubt it actually because Collingwood's playing, but that's all right. You know, some people look at those things and they see the men who run around and they see the women who are umpiring and who are being the things to fulfil the role of that game for it to happen and they think, there's a God. Well, I just see football. I see men who are in a different shape to me, which is probably a good thing. And I see, I see women who are willing to do the jobs that there just aren't enough men around to do. And they do it really, really well. Trainers, strappers, umpires, all sorts of things. But they do the job that they're called to do. Not because they're serving a God, football. Most of them are doing it just so they can get paid. It's something they do well. But did they ask God first? Some of them would have. As I 
wrote this and then mulled over it and changed a few things and did all the things that um, we do when we're preparing messages. We ask God what he wants us to say. And over and over and over, he said, lest we forget. I want you to remember today, Pastor Ansbridge has been sharing on counting the cost. Grab hold of the phrase, lest we forget, and do not forget those who've preceded us, the men and women that you and I know, who've sacrificed their youth and their health to maintain what we each today take for granted, freedom. You know, there are places in this world today where men like me cannot stand on a platform like this and use the words that I'm going to use. Because their culture says, you will not. Because their freedom's been taken away. But the men and women that I know and the ones that I see here today are fighting, even though they may well have retired, they're still fighting for king and country and queen and country. But it's about our freedoms. And today, each and every one of us fight to maintain what they fought for. King. Jesus. Here. He lives within. If you get him, And there's times, you know, when we've let him, we've said, yes, it's okay for you to live within me. Don't look at that bit. Don't open that door. Don't go there. Hmm. Have fun. You know, I, um, I watched some years ago now, not, not all that many, it wasn't all that many years ago now, I watched a documentary on the ABC on Ben Robert Smith, BC. And they showed him training. And he, th he did things I've never seen blokes do before. And he's he not a little bloke. <laughs> he's about four of me. But you know, as I thought about that, I thought, what is so different from the training he does to the training that you and I do? The difference is that I don't carry heavy things and I don't put my body in the line of fire, except that every day, I walk in here and I seek my strength and I seek my guidance and I seek my direction and I seek for me that which stands out and says, I am victorious because of Christ. VC. I am. 
So the training that he does and the training that I do are different, but they're the same. Luke 14, 26 to 29. I'll read mine. <laughs> uh, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, see, it's not even close. That's all right. If any of them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest, after he has paid laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. We at times have laid a foundation for our Christian walk and then through all sorts of circumstances we've put it aside because it's too hard and people mock us because last week you were saying this but this week you're saying something else. Well, I've been mocked and I've had people come to me and ask for prayer and I've had all sorts of things happen because I laid the foundation. But one of the things that I realised as, as I've been hearing Pastor Andrew share on this that we've paid a price to become who we are and only you, only me, can decide whether it was worth it. Is the price I paid worth it? Is the sacrifice that I made enough? See, there's real power in the verse after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish. You know, it can be me. And sometimes I think it is. And then I'll let God back in and it's okay. <laughs> it might be you, it might be the one you're sitting next to. But I've laid my foundation and then something that wasn't prepared for cracks the foundation. What is it? Lack of heart? Maybe. More likely it's that area of life that I wasn't prepared to sacrifice. That part that others were willing to submit to the Lord but I through selfish ambition or want and desire hung on to. What did I forget in that? I forgot Jesus. And we can use we can use all sorts of excuses. I was busy. I didn't have time. I had family to attend to. I've got a ripper of an excuse at the moment. I'm studying. Everything in my life is I'm studying. 
I can't do that, I'm studying. You know, to be fully prepared for this today takes me about three days. But I can't, I haven't got three days, I'm studying. And I can't watch the football because I'm studying. You know, when you sit inside a room, and I sit in the spare room in our house, which we now call the study, and there are bits of paper all over the floor, and some of them have got my almost illegible writing on them. I know what it says, but nobody else can read it. It's okay. So there's stuff everywhere, and it's a mess, but it's okay because I'm studying until Adria wants to clean up. And then I tell her that she can't move it because I'm studying. But you know, it's an excuse that draws us away from this. It takes us away from the word of God. It doesn't take us away from God because the word says that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. He doesn't run away. He doesn't leave us just because the room looks a bit messy. He says, I'm in here. Just open the cover. Look inside. But what I'm going to say to you is as you look inside the pages of this book, look inside here. What's in here? What does in here look like to you today? What have you forgotten? What did you put aside? I'm busy. You know, I worked 12 hours of overtime last week. I'm so tired, but I can watch the footy because that's relaxing. You know, I don't have to think about it, especially when Collingwood's playing. I don't have to think about it. Sorry, Mick. (coughs) I don't have to think about it. It's just footy. But you know, if it's just footy, why do we stay there through the half time and quarter time and three quarter time breaks listening to people who used to be heroes talk about how wonderful it is to see this great game of football and they talk about the bloke you think's going really well as if he's had a really bad day. And I've been watching the game the same as them. But you know, if I look in here and not there, I get a lot more out of it. I become a whole different person looking at this and understanding this and letting this fill me than I do watching the footy. I like footy. I started playing footy when I was, you know, I was always round, by the way. So height had nothing to do with it. It's like we're standing next to Crystal this morning. We're standing here and she said, I can't stand here, I'm too tall. And I looked at her and said, that's okay, I'm wide. (laughs) You know, like, it's how we are. You know, when I was this big, I was round. You know, when, when I was 14, I was 70 kilos. When I was 23 and rowing, they said to me, we need you to be, tw- we need you to be 70 kilos. And I just laughed at them. I thought that was, the most, that was the most hilarious thing I'd ever heard. I was seven, eight years older than what I'd been and they wanted me to be that weight again. I tell you, the 
70 kilos at 23 looked a whole lot better than the 70 at 14. <clears throat> this is the answer. Matthew 10, 36 to 39. Matthew 10, 36 says, Your enemies will be right in your own household. They're going to be at your place. They're not going to be out in the street. They're not going to be down the road. They're not going to be, you know, you're not going to bump into them somewhere. They're in your own home. Where's that? Right here. We carry it with us everywhere we go. This is where our enemies live. They live here. Until we apply this. And then they leave. You see, because they can't live in the light of this. I heard once an Australian soldier say about the slouch hat was that the enemies of our country, the people we fight, hate the slouch hat. Because underneath the slouch hat is a man or a woman who knows how to fight so well, I don't want to get in that. The slouch hat is a, is a symbol to others of the greatness of our armed forces. And the men and women of other countries go, wherever that hat's at, I don't want to be there. Because most of our people don't know how to quit. It's just bred in us. It's who we are. We don't know how to back up. So the slouch hat's a great example of your enemies will be right in your own household until you put your hat on and then they're in strife. Put your hat on. Put it on today. Live in this. Let me tell you this morning I'm preaching more to me than I am to you. This is about my life. It becomes me. It allows me. It goes on in Matthew 10 and it says, if you love your father and your mother more than you love me, you're not worthy of being mine. How many of us, when we got married, continued to love our mother and our father more than our wife or our husband? And that's all God's saying. If I'm going to lead you, then give me pride of place. Give me that forefront. Give me the forethought in your thinking. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. It's your burden. Drop kick it. Good Aussie rules term. Drop kick. Drop kick it out the door. Or give it the long punt. It really doesn't matter. As long as it's gone and you've filled it up with this. And if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. There are things in our lives that we really do need to give up. Just give them up. You know, I went to the rugby last week that's another game of footy that's different 
And um, I went with my son, who is the front row coach at one of the local sides, and he should still be playing, but he's not allowed. He, he actually makes Harley look small when Harley was at his best. He's not all muscle, that's the problem. <laughs> but he, he just comes... To, so we're sitting there and we'd taken... I'd, I'd turned up and he was there with two of his kids and one of, one of their mates. And the older of his boys and his mate play for the team that my son coaches. So they're, they're being explained the rules of the game as it's going. And I'm thinking to myself, a bit like this morning, just shut up and let people enjoy themselves. <laughs> but you know, I was listening and there's, there are so many rules that I didn't know in rugby. You know, it's not just about picking up the ball and going and yet I've watched, I've watched and I've watched people and we pick up the ball and we start to go and when it gets a bit tough, we put it down. You know, as I, as I put that scripture in there about your enemies will be right in your own household, the thing that leapt into my mind was how many things can you carry at once? See, when we go to the supermarket, they give you these bags and they put stuff in them for you. You know, you've gone round with this big trolley. By the way, have you noticed how tall the trolleys are at Eldie? Um, it's okay for you, Anuia would probably find it a bit of a battle. Adria's sort of looking at him about here. <laughs> she walks, walks around the supermarket like this. <laughs> Which is really good for throwing things in, but how do you get them out? Like, how am I supposed to... Okay, sideline. How much stuff can you carry? If they give you a big enough trolley, you can carry lots. If they give you lots of bags, and it's what we do. And I know that all the blokes in here, most of the blokes in here, we're all the same. You get home, the 15 bags that are in the boot of the car are going in now. I'm taking them all, and you, and you, up to the door, and then you've got to get your keys out. And it's sort of like, what are which bit am I going to put down to get the key? Well, the keys are in this pocket, so everything that's in this hand, which is normally our strongest arm, so it's got most of it. So you put that down, you get your key out, open the door, by which time Adria's there going, what are you doing? Let me help. No, no, I've got it. Come on. God said, put down your stuff. I don't need your stuff. You need mine. And I'm thinking to myself, stuff. Put down your stuff. Take up your cross. Every time I'd read that before, I'd always thought the cross was something like one of those burdens that you pick up. But it's not. It's life itself. 
And when we put down our stuff and our bags full of rubbish, and they might be nice rubbish. It really doesn't matter much. I've got stuff. I've got stuff in the shed at home. I can't even tell you what's in that box. We got, we've moved. We moved a lot before we came to Ballarat. We moved a lot. I've got boxes that I packed when we were in Queensland that have never been unpacked. But I can't throw it out because I think I know what's in it. But I think I know what's in it, but it's just stuff. Because the box is still taped up from eight years ago. So obviously don't need Whatever's in it, I don't need it. It might be good stuff. Perhaps I'll better have a look. But then that takes up time. And I haven't got time because I've got to watch the footy. And I've got to do me 12 hours of overtime. And I've got to, and I've got to, and I've got to, and I've got to. The box needs to go because it's taken up space in the wardrobe. Which means it's taken up space in my life. And as I take up my cross, that is life itself, I become a whole different person. A whole new me. Because it's not just me now. It's him and me. And when things get tough, he can carry the stuff. Have you noticed when you give your stuff to Jesus? Have you really noticed you give your stuff to Jesus? You go, I don't need this, but I'm going to give this to you. He goes, I don't want it. Just put it down there, you'll be right. Lean it up against that stick. But that's the cross. He had a good place for stuff at the foot of the cross. Take hold of that, that which will become you and go, you've served your purpose. It's time to go. And lay it at the foot of the cross and move on. We can't carry our burdens and our rubbish and our stuff at the same time as the promise. Give up your garbage. You're thinking it'll be all right. No one knows. I'll just keep that bit to myself. Nobody has to know about that bit of garbage. I'll hang on to that. Sacrifice the old for the new. Because until we're ready to put our stuff down at the foot of the cross, the new's not part of you. Romans 8. You know, I'm finding that today, more than any time in the past that I've preached, God's reminding me of all of this, every word, every, every heartbeat of it. Every, I remember when I wrote it. I remember when I changed it. I remember when I added this scripture. Every part of it is about me. It's all about me. 
But if it's all about me, it can't just be for me. But even if it is, grab hold of it and say, I'm never going there. I don't want that. Whatever that is, I want, I want what I see within that man. I don't want what he's carrying now. I don't need his stuff. You do not need my stuff. Not one, ba- not one little bag. <laughs> you notice the supermarket, they love putting stuff in bags so they can put it in a bag. We'll just put this in here so I can put it in there for you. Well, well then you just put it in there. I'm just going to chuck them out when I get home. But we're not allowed to chuck them out at my place. They're in a bag behind, They're in a bag behind the door because you might need those one day. All of them. Yeah. All of them. All of them. Romans 8. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Stuff. If we live by the stuff, our minds are on the stuff. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit, if we live Christ-like, we can only have our mind in one place. Spiritual. It doesn't mean that floor's not hard or that when you lie down on it, it smells a bit dusty sometimes or that when you, when you allow yourself to be led to a different place that it's not new. But spiritually, I've been here before. Because you lead me by the still waters, wherever they might be. It goes on in verse 6, it says, For to be carnally, carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Peace. That's a new peace. Calm. Adrian's having a lot of that at the moment, by the way. <clears throat> Sorry. She's with our daughter-in-law in northern New South, with our daughter, sorry, in northern New South Wales. Um, Mason was born last Friday, um, Friday week ago. And um, Adria's looking after Reuben, who's two and a half. And he's loving Grandma being around, I can tell you. I rang this morning and all you can hear him is in the background going, Grandma, Grandma, Grandma. <laughs> and she said, in a minute, in a minute, about 500 times. <laughs> Peace. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Question for you. Don't all have to answer at once. Just a question for you. When was the last time you felt the move of God in your life and then, not, and then chose not to do anything with it? What's the cost? Are you willing Is his life worth your sacrifice? Romans 8.35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Sounds like sacrifice. Sounds like cost counting. Sounds like each and every one of us.
to follow Jesus, to have him lead you, is to sacrifice stuff. But there is greatness in you. Because he lives within. There's greatness in you. At our fellowship group the other night, we're doing a study on um, one of those things. It's completely slipped my mind at the moment. That's the one, hosting the presence. Thank you, Barry. Barry must have been awake one of those nights. It's good. <laughs> Thank you, Barry. Appreciate it. The presence of the Lord rests upon people, not ministries. Bill Johnson said. And if we have a look in here, it's in here too. The presence of the Lord rests upon people, not ministries. That's you and I. Not just, not just the one who gets the privilege of standing here. Not just the ones who get the privilege of using all these instruments and singing. and Not just the ones who stand on the door and make coffee. and Not just the ones. It's about every one of us. His presence rests on every one of us. And when we sense the presence of the Spirit within this building, it's not the building. I don't know whether you notice it. Every time I walk in this place, it doesn't matter how many people are here. Two, one sometimes, 20, 100, really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many people are here. If you walk in the place, the Spirit of the Lord is here. Because his presence is on the people. That includes me. So when I turn up, he goes, Beauty, you brought me home. Great, let's go. It's not the building, it's the people who've been willing to sacrifice something and respond to the call. It's in each and every one of you today. Every breath you take, every step you take, it's in you. They shall grow not old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning we will remember them. And every heart in this place praises God and thanks him every day for the freedom that we have that these men and women fought for. They counted the cost. They still count the cost. What's it costing you? couple of hours on semi-hard seats in a listening to some old bloke prattle on. Didn't really cost you much at all. Except that Jesus goes where you are. 
If you notice, the word doesn't say Jesus goes so we can follow. The word says his presence is where we are. Not before we get there and not after we left because he's with us. And we do leave a deposit of it and those others around about us leave a deposit of us, of it, but where we are, he is. So today, grab hold of that for you. Wherever you are, know that he's with you. Wherever you think it is you need to be, know that he'll go with you. Whether it's a good thing or not, he'll go with you. And remember today, every day, lest we forget. And thank you. Thank you for this morning, but thank you, Lord, I thank you that today people in this house have heard my heart because it's yours. And Lord, they were my words. They looked like my words when I wrote them down, but they come out a lot different to that. Father, I thank you for the words that I've spoken here today. I thank you that we can do life together and count the cost together. We thank him. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you, people. Have a great day. If you're in this house and anything I've said this morning has touched you and you need prayer or anything didn't touch you and you still need prayer,